Welcome back to another Crossing broadcast. I am your host, Kyle Pagan, and it's Rational Tuesday, along with a Victory Tuesday. Your Philadelphia Eagles just definitively proved they are the best team in the NFC East and maybe the best team in the NFC East. There are only six undefeated teams left in the NFL. Let that sink in. It's just me. It's just Kevin Kincaid on today's show. So let's bring him on. Drop a go birds in the chat. Give a thumbs up on the YouTube. Subscribe on the podcast. Subscribe on the YouTube. It's Rational Tuesday, Kev. I'm gonna do I'm gonna do my best. I'm gonna do my best. You should keep it rational in a win that's not uh decisive, I would say, like last week. But you should also do it when you absolutely blow the fucking doors off the Minnesota Vikings. Um I think Super Bowl talk is okay today. I think Jalen Hurts MVP conversation talk is okay. I think Nick Sirianni coach of the year talk, all that chatter is all fine with me. What did you think about last night? Is is it an overcorrection Tuesday? Like we're trying to talk people off the ledge last week, but now now this week we got to pull people back from thinking they're going to win at all, right? Is it is there anything better than a, a after an Eagles victory? I mean, it doesn't matter like obviously like we do this for a living, so we have it a lot more luckier than a lot of people have to go into their yeah. nine to fives and shit. But like, uh, if your boss sucks, who cares? If you got to do TPS reports, who gives a shit? You probably yeah. hate your Excel and whatnot. But it all just feels better today <laughs> on, a, on a victory. Reports. Yeah, no, well, it's right. I mean, because, yeah, I mean, it's work for us regardless. But of course, I would much rather write about a win than a loss. You know, I mean, last week, we were only in week one. I was ready to <laughs> strangle myself already with the uh, anonymous. Uh, uh, you know, Twitter trolls who were up my ass the entire time. So actually what I did Pagans for this game, I noted this in the takeaway story that I posted last night. I didn't go on social media at all. I posted like one thing, one or two things, and a couple of responses to people about like the broadcast and the ESPN stuff. But I went into the entire, I started the day saying, I'm not going to be on Twitter during this shit. I'm not going to be on Facebook during this. I'm not going to get sucked into like the knee jerk, like whatever the hell, like, Oh, they committed you know, three illegal man downfield penalties. So fucking what? Boo-hoo. I'm going to watch the game. I'm going to enjoy the football. We're going to have a pragmatic and rational, uh, enjoyable evening with the kids in bed. And it was great, man. It was awesome. The Eagles looked great. They played a fantastic game. Jalen Hurts, I think, played his best game in the NFL yet. And uh, I'm not even I'm not going to shit on your rational Tuesday overcorrection because I don't think it's a hot take. Like, I, I, I absolutely do think they're the best team in the division in their Super Bowl contender coming out of the NFC. It's not. I love that, not, dude. Not, I don't think it's going overboard, man. It's Anybody not. that doesn't know Kevin Kincaid, for him to even say that I is know, a huge deal. Usually you ask him about something. It's like, who cares? They're blah, blah, blah. Something will happen. But for you <laughs> to say that uh, is absolutely amazing. Best best win of Nick Sirianni's career. So far, in an Eagles uniform, best Probably. win in yeah. a in an Eagles uniform for for Jalen Hurts, like you just said. I mean, yeah. twelve for twelve, one fifty seven to start uh, a TD. That touchdown run is is something. I don't know. My kid is going to be watching one day of of Jalen Hurts highlights. That yeah. was a man's run. That was the the dog in him on that. That was. I mean, I, I was at Xfinity Live. I've never heard it like that after that touchdown run last night. No, the crowd sounded awesome on, on TV. Um, I don't know. I guess you can hear the stadium while you're down there, you know, yeah. and you're in a, you're in a, a a live setting too with a bunch of people watching the game. But I mean, when they booed Rager the first time, that was the loudest. That was loud shit, man. That was intense, and um, you know, it was probably like the loudest I can remember hearing anything on tv coming out of there in a long time mm-hmm. you know but i mean they were amped they, they were amped for it dude and like they they were ready to play um there wasn't a perfectly clean game of course they had a couple of some penalties and they had the interception and 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 whatnot and they probably could have scored more points if they wanted to but i i never was i wasn't sitting there last night at one point ever thinking to myself i think minnesota is going to give them some kind of trouble you know i even mm-hmm. even when you know they had the blocked field goal and aaron sipas ran ran down the dude and brought him down from behind okay if they cut cut the lead to 10 at that point it would have made it it would have made it 24 to 14 i guess but even then i wasn't thinking to myself like yeah i don't I, I didn't think that minnesota was ever in danger of, of stringing together enough momentum or putting together enough plays or 
just carrying enough enough bite offensively that they were ever going to threaten to get back in the game. So you know they came yeah. out and they scored a couple touchdowns and like from there on, from there, man, it was. Like, Kirk it was Cousins crazy. never looked comfortable. Nah, no. I mean, no. And what do you think? You're you're more of an X's and O's guys. I know you like the X's and O's. What adjustments did uh, did Jonathan Gannon make this week from from last week? Well, I mean, he was definitely more aggressive. You know, you saw them, especially at the end of the third quarter and in the fourth quarter, they're, they're blitzing the shit out of him, you know, and they brought some pressure and they were getting to him. He hurled a couple early, um, obviously had the couple picks, you know, because they were just, you know, I think they were playing cover zero actually in that one that uh, Slay picked off. I think the I think the first one actually where he kind of undercut Justin Jefferson and some good quotes about that actually after the game. Jefferson said he should have should have caught early. Should have come flat. He should have come mm-hmm. flat across the end zone to kind of to not let Slay kind of get in front of him. But I, I think in that play, I think I remember somebody saying or going back over Twitter, but they were playing cover zero on that, so you don't have any help in behind. You know, your man manned up across the field, and that was the thing with Slay. I think you remember last year, or the year before. Um, you know, people were wondering, hey, you know, you put playing him in too much zone because what he was good as press man, getting up on these guys and following these guys around. So trust them to do that um, and play less of that cover two like soft shell, which Minnesota was doing the entire night. So that was the one thing. I think they just trusted the defensive backfield to, to make some plays and get on these guys one-on-one. That was a big challenge against Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen, Thielen, who I don't even think had a single catch, did he? Um, uh, he might have had, but he didn't have a – he had a catch, I think, in the second okay. uh, half, but he didn't have a target like the didn't, first whole half, I, I think yeah. I remember. Yeah, so um, that was like the one – yeah, that was like the one main thing that I saw, and I want to go back and look at it again because I want to see who they paired with these guys. But they they opened a lot of series with that uh, that kind of three-man uh, defensive front where they had Jordan Davis and Fletcher Cox and Javon Hargrave in there all at once, you know, and they, they were doing a much better job of stopping the run. And you know, Dalvin Cook never really got going because they'd play mm-hmm. – you remember when McMullen was on with us a couple of weeks ago, we talked about that like 5-2 overhang kind of mm-hmm. thing where it's like you got your three beefy guys there and then you're going to have like a combo of – you know, edge hybrid kind of guys, Hassan Reddick on one side. You can put Josh Sweat on the other side, Brandon Graham, if you want. You could walk Kaiser White down to the line. You know, he was the guy who did that in college too. So get beefy to show that big front, you know, on on first down and try to like put, put the put the Vikings into second and long and third and long and then and then tee off from there. And they just um you, you know, it was uh it was it was it was good in how they worked it. It was funny, man, because I was looking on DraftKings and and other books for like good like just you know because NFL just offers so much more than other sports mm-hmm. do, and like trying to find little value plays here and there. I think I would hit on like Fletcher Cox over zero point two five sacks at like plus three hundred <laughs> or something because they I, I guess I guess Vegas wasn't trusting you know the defensive line after mm-hmm. last week, but all it's in order to hit on that, all you had to do is stumble into like a half sack and like an yeah. assist. You know, so the two guys get pressure and the quarterback goes down. You, you win off of that. So they played a lot better, but yes, yeah, schematically, I mean, you know, it just seems so silly now going back and think about how everybody was ready to kill Jonathan Gavin last week, and now they, I mean, look, they look good. You know, so. I I understand, and I, and I was right there with you where I was optimistic that like they would figure it out and everything. I mean, Hassan Reddick, I still need some more pressure from him and stuff. Uh, yeah. Obviously, the two the two big takeaways on defense was uh, the defensive line and the secondary. I thought Marcus, Marcus Epps had some big freaking hits. Uh, He's a hard night. hitter, man. Yeah. Like, he brings it, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah. But, yeah. Uh, shout out to, to TJ Edwards. Shout out to Kaiser White. Like I know TJ Edwards had a big pass breakup in the first half, and then Kaiser White blew up a uh, a screen pass in the end that he almost intercepted. I mean, the linebackers, yeah. TJ Edwards is, is playing out of his mind. Kaiser White is, is playing out of his mind right now. This team, like, could could you imagine if Jalen Hurts is actually the guy? And I've I've been I've been tough on Jalen Hurts. I've ne- I don't believe I didn't believe in him. I didn't think he had the arm talent. I didn't think he made the right reads or his progressions yeah. or he left the pocket yeah. too early when it collapsed. But yesterday, fuck it, I'm all in on Jalen Hurts. And and if Jalen Hurts can be the guy and be the franchise quarterback next year, even if he's getting forty to forty five million, which is yeah. nothing nowadays, we have those two first round picks next year to I maybe know. you know. Uh, shore up, you know, rebuff the O line or D line, or yeah. maybe get some linebacker help or some secondary help of of, of a first round pick. I mean, the the future of the Eagles, even pay, and they're in such a good position because, like I said, they would only have to pay Jalen probably forty or forty five unless he pulls a Lamar Jackson. And he wants you know his two hundred thirty million guaranteed or or something like that. But they are in such a good position for I the know, future. It's it's amazing. Yeah, they, um, you know, let me back into this real quick yeah. before I start on that because people were asking in the chat um, 
uh, was Jordan Davis more of a factor last night? What did he do with snap counts? So if I'm squinting, it's because I'm trying to read the small print here. So Davis, Jordan Davis played 21 snaps uh, in this game. Technically, it was fewer snaps than last week, but they they were the defense wasn't on the field as much, so he played 34 percent uh, of the snap of the 61 total snaps. Okay, so, so Marcus Epps, James Bradbury, C.J. Gardner Johnson. You know, your your D backs who stay out there and nickel dime, mm-hmm. you know, with three through five, whatever, they all play their hundred percent. TJ Edwards is like your main linebacker, like your dime linebacker or your your five man front linebacker. He played ninety-two percent. And then Fletcher here's so here's the defensive tackle breakdown. Fletcher Cox, 40 snaps, 66%. Javon Hargrave, 38 snaps, 62%. Josh Sweat, I'm sorry, uh, Milton Williams, 22 snaps, 36%. Jordan Davis. 21 snaps, 34%. So it was almost Jordan Davis and Milton Williams were almost tied straight up for the same amount of snaps as that third is, like, rotational detail. Is that kind of like a Jordan Davis is, you know, new to the NFL, so it's going to take him three weeks, four weeks to kind of get acclimated and 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 get, you know, into the game and learn how to kind of play? I mean, yeah, should absolutely. we be worried I mean, about 21, 21 snaps? I mean, there's that's certainly part of it. I mean, of course that's part of it. I mean, I just think the optics of him – not playing a ton are, are based primarily on the fact that number one, he was a, a first round draft pick. And number two, they traded up for him in the first mm-hmm. round. Now you don't trade up for a guy in the first round in the teens to like not play him or bring him along. And I get, he, I get he's a unique guy because you know, they, they, they play multiple fronts and whatever, but he's obviously very, very good at what he does. I just wonder if what he does is, is specifically situational. You know, I, I think that's the project for this week is to go back and, watch the the whole replay again but just focus on the defensive line mm-hmm. look at him on passing downs you know how much penetration he he gets in the backfield is he getting close to the quarterback is he able to do things on on second and third down you know because I, I you know i think the idea is like oh he's just going to be a big run stuffer and even if that's all he is for now like that's great but i you know again he's a first round pick that you traded up for so um you know, yeah, I mean, everybody's got a learning curve, but you think for those guys, like how many guys you take in the top 15 who aren't like ready to just jump right in? You know, it's kind of sure. hard to unless you got a project quarterback or something, you know, unless you take like a Trey Lance or something. But yeah, they um, and then Marlon Tui Pelotu played 18 snaps and 30 percent. And he was actually above uh, Jordan Davis last week. So Davis actually had in the DT rotation, he had the fifth most snaps, but he was almost tied for third um, in week two. Yeah. Let's talk about Slay Justin Jefferson. Uh, Justin Jefferson was in hell all night. I think uh, Avante Maddox or CJ Gardner Johnson said it that uh, Darius Slay put Justin Jefferson in a car seat. <laughs> a lot of people were saying they. That was pretty cool. Like, yeah, I've like, never heard that. Memes. Yeah, I've never seen, heard that. Usually it's like I, I saw a lot of prison memes on. Uh, on uh, uh on Twitter. Uh this was Darius Slay versus Joseph Jefferson tonight. Six targets, one catch allowed, yeah. two interceptions, zero point zero passer rating allowed. For a guy who gets so little respect, I feel like. I know he was a pro bowler last year. I think he should have been an all pro. Trayvon Diggs obviously had an awesome year, and I think the other all pro was uh was the guy out of uh the Rams. Um the best Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey. Yeah, so I think they were the two all pros. Yeah. Um him on a national audience yesterday, kind of, I feel like people learned who Darius Slay was. I think a lot of people know who Darius Slay is from a national audience because yeah. uh, he's funny, because he's very charismatic. Yeah. He's out there. Um, but a national audience just learned who who Darius Slay is and how good he really is. I mean, Justin Jefferson did not get comfortable all night. And like you said, I mean, Kirk Cousins did not get comfortable. He was just throwing the ball up in the air. And Darius Slay read, it felt like every single time the route that Justin Jefferson was running. Yeah. And you know, it's interesting too, because like I just mentioned with Slay coming over into Jim Schwartz's system. Right. And like think, thinking that, um, you know, he he's, he's always shown better as a man to man guy, you know, and James Bradbury kind of being the opposite and thinking like, Oh, he had his better year, not last year, but the year before playing mostly zone. Uh, know, Kev, so before that, you go further, do you have the man to man versus zone numbers or no? I don't think I have them right okay. now. That's we do have access to the sport radar data this year. They do a lot of um so last week I did that like that data like dive post on the Monday after the game and just using some of the advanced stuff we have. Sport radar actually works with some of the pro football focused data. Okay. Too. So some of this stuff is, is shared between the two they of them. They played more zone last year last week, right? I think that was. 
yeah, I believe so. Yeah, I believe so. But we have access to all that stuff. I can pull it for sure. They don't do the what part of the problem is like they don't um not part of the problem, but like a lot of the stuff that people are ready for, people are people are like interested in like how how many times did they blitz or something like that. So they put that in a, a bucket called subjective data where each where that it takes them longer to parse that and they, they don't come up with it until like Wednesday or Thursday, right? So you're you have you have different and that's the truth. Is it subjective? Like you have been a PFF, you might have sport radar, you might have a different like data collection company, and they all look at it different. And maybe one of them says, "I don't think that was a blitz," and maybe the other one does. Hmm. You know, so you may see different numbers floating around. They're saying, "Well, they went you know thirteen times," or "No, they only went eleven times," or whatever. But I think we, I, I think the zone man stuff. I should be able to pull that. I'll, I'll make a note to do that. But that's that's the kind of the storyline in the defensive backfield, isn't it? Because. Mm-hmm. You have one guy who we think is supposed to who well we know is really good in man to man. The other guy who had his best season in the NFL playing zone. So I don't know. Do you do split zone on either side of the field? How do you how do you bring a new converted slot corner in and play him at safety? You know, that there that's probably project number two beyond Jordan Davis, is just looking at the secondary and how they were how they were lining up and how they were playing. Yeah, so Slate Slate gave his interception ball. We saw that to James Harden. Did you see the the guy in the brown t- uh, sweatshirt try to give Slay a, a high five? And <laughs> yeah, just he's totally trying like, to reach for him. Yeah, yeah. That's there's not much worse than and when I'm doing like man on the street stuff. Sometimes people yeah. will like high five me or try to fist bump me, and I'll just walk away. And Craig will tell me that I just totally left that guy hanging. Oh but no. The other thing is when you're walking down the street and someone's like waving and they're in front of you, but they're waving to the person behind you, and you just wave, that's a that's a deflating feeling as well. Oh, you know what the worst thing is, man? This is a very suburban-specific thing, but, but you can understand this. When I'm driving my truck out of the out of the development, I got the kids in the back of the car or whatever, and you see the neighbor like walking the dog or just walking down yeah. the street. You put you put your hand up. Yeah. You know, Maybe they don't see you. Maybe they try to wave to you. You don't see them. You feel like a dickhead regardless. Oh, you, you do. Know? So you I, do. Turned in, I turned into the guy who just puts his hand up all the time. And even if the person doesn't see me, like at least I did it, you know? So yeah, here's the guy. Yeah, here's the guy. Play to the whistle. I love it. He finished the high five. Look, he finishes Harris? the high five. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, I don't know who it is. It's one of James James uh, James Harden's buddies. But funny uh, thing is, <laughs> Slate, Slate gave the interception ball to James Harden. And then yeah. he had the other interception ball. And this is all time. This is just petty. He's giving it to his son because his son, uh, Justin Jefferson, is his son's favorite wide receiver. <laughs> so yeah, that's pretty cool now was mike trout i think it was trout sitting next to harper trout was sitting next to okay. harper uh yeah. we had a star-studded lineup we had harper mike trout bradley cooper james harden travis kelsey when i name you everyone there who yeah. would you want to sit with the most no wait real quick okay so this is my thing i made this observation at sixers games all the time you go to like a new york knicks game or an la lakers mm-hmm. game you have like all these famous actors yeah. and Spike Lee is there and like it's a who's who of whatever. Whenever they show celebrities in the crowd at like a Sixers game or an Eagles game, 99% of them are other athletes. It's yeah. like the Sixers player or the Eagles player or like uh Trout comes in, you know, or we get like M Knight or that lawyer with a big the, one. That lawyer with the white hair, um to, oh, uh, Tom Klein. Tom Klein. Okay. You know? Uh, Ruben, uh, sometimes Bryce Travis Harper. Scott was there. Uh, when, yeah, yeah. Uh, Gucci, when Ben Gucci Simmons Maine, came back, Gucci, Gucci Mane was there one time. I didn't even recognize him. I had to ask Rich Hoffman. I was like, "Who the fuck is that guy?" He's like, "Oh, it's Gucci Mane." So. <laughs> Gucci Mane didn't make it into the Kincaid discography. <laughs> uh, Rich, Rich knows rappers better than I do, I guess. But uh, I stopped so, listening to hip hop at like '99, I think. So oh, right after like DMX, you heard DMX, <laughs> and you're like, you know what? That's yeah, I'm good for the rest of my there. life. Yeah, I, I would sit with uh, I would sit with Bradley Cooper though. All right, let me hear why. Yeah. Is he in Lurie's box? It looks like Lurie. Hang mm-hmm. on, let me watch this cycle through one time. If you look at the right side of the frame, when uh, Bradley Cooper comes up, you see like white hair. Let's see. Yeah, yeah that's got to be Lurie. That's got to be Lurie, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Chris Christie's disgusting ass is nowhere to be found. By the way, uh, <laughs> <laughs> why Bradley Cooper? Remember when Kenny was that? Was that Kenny's peak? By the way, when he called. Chris Christie, like a fat, disgusting slob or, or something. Do you have another peak for him? <laughs> <laughs> Touche. Yeah, yeah. Be, winning winning the election is not even his peak. His top, his, yeah, his Mount Rushmore Philly moments, three of them would be wanting to get the fuck out of Philadelphia. But, um, <laughs> no, Bradley Cooper, I mean, imagine the stories he could tell. You know, yeah, I wouldn't want to sit next to the other athletes because they're probably like, you know, they just want to watch the game, man. They don't want to, you know, 
talk to somebody or whatever, right? Well, Bradley Cooper seems like he'd have a lot of interesting stories. You tell. could ask about Wedding Crash. You could ask about Hangover. You could ask about yeah. Lady Gaga. Did yeah. it, you know, you could ask about Arena Shake yeah. and all that. Uh, James Harden, though, like, I would like to ask him, like, you know, what executive role he has in Fanatics right now or, yeah. or how much he really actually, you know, uh, Ruben actually paid him to uh, to take the uh, to take the uh, the difference on his contract. But also, let me try a quick take here, though. I want to yeah. run by you. I think Wedding Crashes is right up there with like Happy Gilmore and Billy Madison. And it's all. very good. Yeah, yeah. It's, and it has and it has a better storyline than a lot of the comedy movies that like you would like. Yeah. Hangover has a great storyline, so that's why I think it holds up as a comedy movie and as a movie in general. And all the actors in it are good too. It's not yeah. just like one like per, one like main character or whatever. Like they're all strong in that movie. Like some of the lines just make me laugh because they're so stupid. I can appreciate it from like a sarcastic sardonic writer perspective because yeah. they just don't make any sense you know like when Will Ferrell was in it for maybe two minutes and has some of the most classic lines in the whole movie <laughs> yeah <laughs> he's, he's, he's walking into the or uh they go to see him at his house at his mom's house yeah. or whatever right mom uh, the meatloaf Owen Wilson yeah and he's like he, he just he just or how does it go he just walks up to him and he's like what the fuck do you want? <laughs> <laughs> or when he's at the funeral, he's like picking chicks up at the funeral. It's like it's like fishing with dynamite. Yeah, yeah, but like so, Bradley. So yeah, Bradley Cooper would be my answer for that. But yeah, I, and my other favorite line for that movie is when uh, at the very beginning, when they're like in the uh, we should have showed this clip to Joe Cordell when he was on when the when the people are getting like the divorce hearing or whatever, yeah. and she's like, "You shut your mouth when you're talking to me." <laughs> and they they like pan to. Vince Vaughn, he's like, has this quizzical look on his on his face, you know. So, am I am I wrong? Come on, back. Am I not wrong? But if I was offered the Mike Trout or James Harden seats, I would maybe turn them down. I don't think it's a good seat. Oh wait, hang on. This is not. It was not Trout. Trout was not there. Trout was there. Trout was, was there. Oh, but Dave's saying it was his brother. Oh, Trout's brother was there. Well, oh. they they are in Texas today, so I, I guess. Oh, it's it not Trout. Trout's brother. Okay, yeah, I okay, should Trout's read the private chat on here. I was too busy blabbing about um, Trout's brother and his and him look exactly like them because I thought yeah. it was Trout when I just quickly noticed it. But you know, the, I went down, quick quick story actually, real quick. I I when I was at Channel Three, we went down and interviewed Mike Trout's parents. How were they? They were like the nicest people on the planet. They're awesome. But like, I kind of get why he is the way he is as far as um, not really putting himself in the spotlight or being like the super marketable superstar guy, because it's just like, it's like a quiet, like Millville, like neighborhood and they just chill and they like sports and they like being around family, you know, it's literally like a rest stop to get to the shore. That's really all it is. No, I know. So it wasn't like, you know, he wasn't in some like super, you know, he didn't grow up in some, some area where he was like, you know, wanted the limelight all the time or whatever you want to say, you know? So yeah. Anyway, but I'm sorry. Let me go back to the seats. Yeah. I don't think those seats are great. I like Bradley Cooper's 50 yard line at the box. You know, you can see the play develop and everything, but I feel like on a Monday night football game, you're there, you know, if you're James Harden and stuff, and a lot of the NFL media are there, a lot of more cameras are there because it's such a prime time game and everything that I feel like, you know, maybe James Harden doesn't give a shit about watching the game. He's just there to be there and stuff. But like, I feel like things would be in the way. I, you couldn't watch the play develop. You couldn't really get the feel yeah. for the game and everything. I don't know. I feel like having, I don't know, what do they call them? Ground level seats wouldn't be the most fun. Put me like 17 rows up. Yeah, he seems like, Harden seems like he would be, he would be a box guy, like a luxury yeah. box guy, you know, uh, bring his new wine in there or whatever. Um, yeah, I actually like sitting up high, higher because I feel like I can I can just see more of the the quote unquote all 22, you know, stuff going on. You don't, you don't have like much of a perspective from, from that depth, you know, it's like the Sixers games, they put the media behind the, uh, the basket on the, uh, on the, the North side of the, uh, of the arena. And you can't see shit. I mean, me and Derek w- would spend half the game just going like this, like trying just to around people see around the stanchion. Yeah. And you know, they put the, uh, the dunk squad would bring all their shit out and they just set it up right in front of you. So they'd be waiting for the next commercial so they could do like the triple backflip off the trampoline. And, uh, but what you don't see is like for the two minutes before the commercial, like they have a huge, like, like mat, like just in your face and like these huge Wendy's, uh, frosty freeze outside. Would you rather be in the sky box or would you rather be in the, uh, behind the stanchion? 
You know how sometimes they put like the, the yeah. not the B level, but the guys who like maybe not have like super access credentials. They, put they them do. In the it's called box. like over. Yeah. I think they call it like overflow, like media. <laughs> Would you rather like, be in the go, overflow? They go sit with the fly. They go to the flyers press box. Yeah. But I Dude, feel the like- overflow box is, is, is like a mile in the sky. It looks like every time someone takes a picture from it, it's like, holy yeah. shit. Are they even in the building? Yeah, it's like where you see the welcome to Comcast, uh, the welcome to Comcast country thing. That's where the the Flyers media sit, but they'll send some Sixers media up there um, if there's like, just like too much rumor. I actually wouldn't mind going and watching a game up there once or twice just to see if I get a better idea of what's going on because you can't see shit from down there, you know. So if Harden, I don't know how much Harden actually cared about watching the football game versus just more of like, hey, we're gonna bring some people down there and have a, have a good time, you know, Show but yeah, I mean, they gets that, that gets that moment too. Cause he's, he's so close to the action. He gets a football, you know? Yeah. How about, no, it? I mean, Darius Slay said, he said he's one of his favorite players in the NBA. He's a hall of fame player. He was definitely going to get him a, uh, yeah. definitely going to get him a ball. It's cool, um, it's cool that they all support each other, man. I mean, I, I know that sounds like it, it yeah. goes without saying, but I don't, I don't know. I don't know if you find that in other, in other cities, like are the, are the, the New York Islanders going to the Mets game? I, you know, I don't I feel know. like a lot of Mets players go to uh, Rangers games. I feel like you saw the whole Syndergaard stuff. Uh, okay. uh, Dayball yeah. went there. He was a big right, one during Dayball. the playoffs. Well, maybe New um, York's not the greatest example because they have a bunch of different teams. But like, I don't know. Do you see does Dak Prescott show up at like the Mavericks game? Hmm. Pro- I mean, probably. I'm, I'm yeah. thinking back to it. I mean. Remember when uh, Aaron Rodgers and David Bakhtiari were chugging beers at the at the Bucks games? I think it depends on if the team's good. Like, is uh, yeah. uh, Sacramento stinks? I'm not going to use them. They don't really have a football team. Like, who's a shitty, shitty team? Like, did, like do they? Um, like the Charlotte them. Bobcats. Like, did, about, did yeah. Cam Newton used to go to the Charlotte Bobcats games? Probably uh, not. Probably not. Yeah. yeah probably who, who is he going to see? Like uh, Adam Morrison, Pat, Matt Carroll, Adam Morrison. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Michael Kidd Gilchrist. Dapping, yeah. If we did crossing Charlotte, it would be, you know, our post would be, well, look at Adam Morrison dapping it up with Cam Newton. <laughs> Zero clicks, you know. Um, my big sleeper one, and he was actually pre-gaming at Xfinity Live uh, yesterday. Uh, Travis Kelsey just pre-gaming with the uh, with the yeah. with the fans, real everyman yeah. guy, rocking yeah. his brother's uh, sh- uh, jersey and everything. Um, yeah, Travis Kelsey would probably be my pick because I feel like you could just have like a normal conversation. He seems like a pretty normal guy for being a hundred millionaire uh, athlete. Bryce Harper can't drink a beer with him. Don't want to sit no, with him. No, uh, probably did be the I, most boring conversation did, in the world. I don't think I ever did. So I never really answered your Jalen Hurts question, did I? About what were you asking me? Is he the greatest like quarterback of all time? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I was. Was he the goat? Yeah, yeah. So it's hurt not to get too far ahead of ourselves, but is Hurts the greatest player of all time? Um, <laughs> you know, it was funny, man. I I I thought the thing that said it best last night was i think his best throw of the game it actually was an incompletion uh you remember that second and 12 toss that he just dropped right in there for dallas goddard i would disagree the one on the run of him it was like 30 yards downfield i think he hit quez Watkins on the sideline he got out of the pocket oh shit yeah. was left but I, yeah I, second and 12 though I, I i can hear your reasoning yeah, I just, I don't know, because you're looking for those like intermediate kind of 15, 20 yard. I don't know if that's considered intermediate or whatever, but just kind of dropping it behind a guy and fitting it into a, into a space, you know? I mean, like to the play that you're talking about, like I think we know he can run and do that, mm-hmm. you know? But can he stand there and kind of like, you know, slot it between a couple guys, you know? And he did, but the DB made a really good play on the ball and broke it up or whatever. But, you know that, and that believe it or not, that was actually his first incompletion in the game. He was twelve for twelve um, yeah, at that point with, for one hundred fifty-seven yards and a touchdown. But I, I don't, I you know, it's crazy because I'm trying to think like what you know to try to sum up sum up what he did last night in more of a like more succinctly or whatever. And I, he just looked, he just looked very calm. He looked very relaxed. I mean, Minnesota was like sitting back and playing a very passive defense. But if that's what they're going to do, then pick out your spots and throw the ball mm-hmm. you know right i mean so he wasn't scrambling for his life because they weren't throwing a ton of guys at him but um you know i, I think if the knock on jalen hurts for a long time was always like well he was just gonna go through one read and then take off or if he's where he's locked on a certain guy and that wasn't the case at all i mean when you look at the targets you know aj brown had eight Devontae smith had seven dallas goddard had six like he spread the ball out man there was eight different people who got uh you know who, who caught the ball in in this game and i really liked actually what they did Pagans with um, Devonte Smith on the first first play. They just got I'm him an involved. easy easy p- pitch and catch. You know that's what they did in Detroit last week. Actually, with AJ Brown, his first catch was just on like a little design tunnel screen. Mm-hmm. 
And then that opened the floodgates, man, and they were off from there. So they, that got Devontae Smith going. And, like, I really like how they, they're they scheming up these things specifically for these guys to just get them a touch, get them going. You know, and that's important. I mean, like, you, they've they've done it twice now in two weeks to, to great effect. What's the fair evaluation of Hurts going forward? Because obviously 333, 50-some yards rushing and stuff, that's a very balanced game. The offense looked really balanced. If you look at the numbers, nobody was over 100 yards either on rushing mm-hmm. or, uh, or or passing um, or, sorry, receiving. Uh, what's, what's the fair evaluation? Because I know now we got a taste of it. Now we got a taste of what this guy can be when he's on fire. And yeah. it looked like he knew he was on fire. Like the swagger when he threw that touchdown and looked right at the sideline and crossed his arms. That was an, I mean, that if this was the nineties, once they released that picture on, on Eagles.com, uh, photo Eagles.com, that mm. would be a poster in every kid's house. Did um, it look like he was saying something to the fans and media at large with the way he was celebrating last well he night. did yes he did he, tweet. Did, the, he, did the, he did the gritty and then he kind of waved waved it off like ah fuck it you know he like tweeted hurts donut after the game which is not sure. like him to do usually it's just a let's fucking go hurts don't it uh with a uh winking emoji Usually it's a fly equals fly. Usually it's a we got more things to do, and that's what he said in the post game press conference. But this felt a little bit like a, a of a cocky Jalen game, different. being like, yeah. you know what, yeah. you doubted me, and then I showed up in prime time. And listen, it did feel the that dude way. has all the character makeup in the world, and we've always said this. He is so easy to root for. He is so just down to earth, and he's he's so by the book, and he works so fucking hard. That like you're just waiting to see these kind of games of 300 plus yards and 50 plus rushing yards and him putting it all together and just having that swagger. And I finally feel like we got it. But now I feel like like I go back to my main question was. What's the fair evaluation of him going forward if he comes out and, you know, goes for 167 and 60 on the ground and they win 17 seven against the commies? uh, What are people thinking? Well, uh, you know, I think the thing that was like different, why, like, I think why one of the reasons why people are writing the stories like we did, you know, today declaring this is best NFL game ever was his completion percentage. Yeah. You know, like he's put big numbers up in the past, but like completing 55% of his passes or like 58 or something. I think there was one game last year. He was 70%, right? 26 or 31? Uh, He was seven. uh, No, he he was. Hang on, I think I wrote it down. Here I think it was somewhere. 69.8. Okay, all right. Or no, well, no, sorry. He's 69.8 on the year, my fault. Yes, and but he was way above. He was above 80 yeah. yesterday. But I think I think last year, when I was looking at it this morning, I think he only had like two two or three games above 60% like completion or something, which is crazy to me. And um, I, I don't know, man. He just – he looked like um, – I don't know if this is getting too far ahead of myself or like, I don't know how people would react to this, but like I, he looked like McNabb last night. It, it, it's, I don't think that's an overreaction. Yeah. I think, yeah, I mean, he did, but, but I think, but I think Donovan's the best quarterback in Eagles history. So I mean, there may be other people who don't think that who think, well, okay, whatever. But, um, yeah, you know, he, he just, he just, he just, you know, I think it was like decision-making and just like, like his presence in the pocket. And I know like they Minnesota didn't really give him a hard time, but, I think that in answering a lot of those specific questions about like, oh, he goes for one one read and then he takes off, or he's just gonna roll out or he can't, it's not accurate. I mean, he threw some really pretty passes. Um yeah, you know, and and whatever they had the interception, but maybe that's not even his fault. I don't know. The, the timing looked off on that screenplay. Kenneth Gainwell could probably do a better, better job. I don't you know, Jalen Hurts could probably lay it in there a little bit better, but I, I didn't there wasn't anything to me that was like, why is he doing that or what is he doing? Like I I he he looked really really smooth and to me when i was looking at the way he was doing those celebrations it felt i agree with you man it felt like he was saying something to somebody yeah yeah, yeah. there was there's a lot of swagger that day would you um i know you're you tweeted about the broadcast what'd you think about the broadcast on uh the espn oh, man. double box felt like i was watching red zone for half the game well yeah no i'm glad you say red zone because that's the vibe that i was getting was like the Eagles are on the four, ready to punch it in, and we yeah. go double box. Like, what are we doing here, ESPN? Yeah, I, I, I mean, I've got so many like different tangents to go off on here, but right, they go tried ahead. to make it look like a. Um... Sorry, hang on. Let me close the door here. The dog's flipping out. Here you go. You're you see 
uh, double box we go, and then they have this cryon at the top, right yeah. here on the top left. Go on a tangent, whatever you want to say. Yeah, Chiron, the upper lo- the little bug there. Yeah, yeah. So it's um, they, they yeah, it's like they tried to present it to us like it was like red zone. Oh, here's the other scores going on in the NFL, right? But there was only one other game being played, and we knew that game was being played. And they gave us this upper left bug. They had this constant score that said now on ESPN. Dude, I know it's on ESPN. Yeah, you got to tell me. Like every NFL fan knew that there were two games on tonight. And if you're an Eagles fan, you probably don't care so much about the uh, that game. And if you're a Titans and Bills fan, likewise, you probably didn't need a Philly and uh, Minnesota score in the top left either. You know, I didn't need the double box. You know, I mean, and it goes back to the problem too of like there should never ever have been two games. I know, no, this is going to happen in the future again. It's it's a thing now. They should not have been two games played at the same time on Monday yeah. night or overlapping. I want to watch night. as much football as I can. Yeah. Do not make two Monday night games that are that yeah. are going to start in the middle unless it's yeah. a COVID pandemic season where you have to you have to yeah. change it because 15 yeah. people are on the uh, COVID-19 list. I don't have um, any problem with the score update if they had wrapped that into the lower third Chiron that they were yeah. showing us at the bottom. But or don't periodically show like, it. Do not leave a fucking bug for yeah. a, a score bug for another game with an advertisement saying where this game is. So on one channel, you're saying now on ESPN on the other channel, you're saying now on ABC, no shit. Like I know that you have the, like the rights for this, like this game's here, this game's here. I guarantee that the vast, vast majority of people who are watching either one of those games did not care uh, to be updated as frequently as they were about the other game. You know, give you your NFL because people who maybe casual or whatever yeah. so you can just look on your phone or whatever you could tell your fantasy points or whatever sure i get it but like i did not need to take up that screen space if i was producing that i would have been yelling at the director hey take the bug down take the bug down because it just i didn't really see the the net the net positive in that you know what i mean especially because the game was a blowout for most of the game i think it ended up 41 to 7 yeah at, uh the yeah. bills um yeah. i think they double box too once when a team was like punting <laughs> <laughs> you know, right. well, I, mean, I was talking about it. the Eagles were on the four yeah. yard line. They're on like the 25. It's it's like 14, seven. Like, can we just can I watch, you know, Jalen Hurts run it in or can I watch yeah. them score? Like, what, well, what can I tell you? Here? Can I tell you something? They always, they always taught us in TV. It's like if you're going to double box or triple box or quad box, or you're going to go multiple screens here or whatever. You got to do it with purpose. Like, what is the purpose of doing what's, this? Right. What's the we, purpose? Yeah, we do double. I mean, we're doing double box on the show right here because they're showing the two of us. Right. Yeah. We go to triple when you need to pull a graphic up or something. But like there's no point in going double if you're going to show something that's like not that important. Right. So that's why they box on red zone because they're showing you somebody's about to score. There's a red zone play, or there's like a big pass or something like that. They very rare. They sometimes do this just to like give you updates on a score or something like, well, let's take a look at what's going on in, in this game too. But they only do that when they don't really have something specific to focus on. You know yeah. what I'm saying? In this or case, teams it's like, are at halftime or they're in a commercial and everything like, oh, we're just going to go to this team. You know, they're in on yeah. the third on their own 30 and whatnot. Nobody has red yeah. zone when their team plays on the main TV. It's always to the second TV. If you have one, no well, one sure. ever chooses. Hey, I'm going to cho- I'm going to watch red zone over over the team I, I root for. It just no, doesn't happen. No. I didn't, and it's just like to me, it was just like ABC ESPN kind of like pounding their chest and being like, hey, we've got both of the games on tonight. We own the NFL tonight. It's like, <laughs> shut the fuck up, man. Just like give me the best viewing experience I can possibly have. And if you're like a one guy actually got back to me and he's like, well, actually, I'm a Buffalo transplant living in Philly now. So I do care. And I'm like, well, okay, but you probably have like one game on the TV and one game on your pad. Yeah, right? it's not I mean, like you're not be- getting the game and not like you're paying for Sunday ticket or anything. It's on national well, TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fine. Like I know, like it's it's more of it's actually less about who cares versus like who's consuming both products at the same time. Like, what is the percentage of people in Philadelphia who are also interested in consuming the Tennessee Buffalo game and the number of people in Tennessee who are interested in consumption of of this game? You know, so to me, it didn't make any sense. It was just an ABC ESPN flex saying like, hey, we got the rights. Yeah. You know, Xfinity Live us, has you know? 100 TVs and there was a little 50 incher that had the the Tennessee Bills game and everyone else had the Eagles. Yeah, game yeah, yeah. So I don't know. To me, it's just like I, I don't it's like these bosses. I think, man, it's like a story of my life. It's like these these bosses in TV who think who don't really look at a game the way the consumer looks at the game, right? You and I are watching that game in the Philadelphia region. We don't give a shit, you know? Um, EJ says a lot of neutrals watching for fantasy. 
yes, but they were just giving you a score. They weren't yeah, really it wasn't, like, yeah, they didn't go back enough to like yeah. to do it that it warranted, you know, a fantasy approach there. Yeah. Uh one other thing. And if you if you last point, I'm sorry, if you yeah, wanted okay. that, you could put it on the lower third and you could scroll it. You know, you could True. say bang bang score update. Yes, yeah, yeah, breaking news, Ryan score Tannehill, update or yeah. Traylon Burks or, or mm-hmm. something, you know. Yeah. So that's um, why it just bothered me because I didn't see I, I didn't feel like they were doing it with any kind of purpose other than to show like, hey, we've got the rights. Look at us. How crazy is it that when Joe Buck and Aikman are on the call, it just feels like such a, a more bigger game than it does when like Steve Levy and Lewis Riddick Bob and Greasy. Uh, Bob Greasy or yeah. whatever Greasy was on. It, it's crazy. I, it just it feels like Monday Night Football has done a complete 180 and actually means something for the first time since I guess, I don't know, since Gruden Tarico were on. And that's the only one I can remember that I actually did enjoy the broadcast. Everybody um, hates Joe. Everybody thinks that Joe Buck hates their team. <laughs> right. Is that like the one universal truth in football? Joe yeah, Buck hates and the baseball. Play. He hates yeah. the Phillies. He hates the Yeah. Um, it's funny because you did the video of the crazy Vikings lady who was like yeah. flipping out watching the game, drinking her like tomato juice and uh, Miller Lite or whatever the hell that was, you yeah. know. And she's like, she was just crushing Joe Buck the entire time, you know. But your team's out of it. Yeah. You just hate. You gotta. You gotta. Yeah. You love your team so much that you have to direct your vitriol to somewhere else. And and Joe Buck is a great punching bag. And it's, <laughs> it's great for Joe because Joe leans into it and stuff. And yeah. more and more as like things go by, you know, he he's on different podcasts all the time and everything. He's actually a pretty likable guy when you get him outside of a broadcast. I've never really had a problem and with he him. He does I, a I, lot of that too. Yeah, like you yeah. you get to know who he is outside of the. I hate yeah. Collins a lot never more had a because with of him at all. Like, have no. you ever been anti Joe Buck? Not really. Um, Collinsworth in the Super Bowl when he wanted that Zach Ertz uh, touchdown overturned. Now here's a guy who's being a dickhead. Yeah, he's uh, he's on my shit list for for the rest of eternity. (laughs) Um, What do you think the the production department meetings at ESPN? They seem like that's like the best job in the world. I feel like they have a big bowl of mushrooms just on the table. And everyone grabs a handful <laughs> and then they write out these 20 second bits for Monday night. Like this is wild. They yeah. did a, uh, they did a always sunny at Sirianni's yeah. obviously uh, Patty's pub. They have AJ Brown and a birds of prey uh, costume. Yeah. They have James Bradbury. He's looking like he like lost his, his shirt in a 10 team parlay and he's going to lose the house. And then Jordan Davis is he's half white on one arm. He's half yeah. black on another arm. He's yeah, drinking, good. he's drinking fight milk. <laughs> Um, this could be racist. Are we sure this is not racist? <laughs> I'm sure somebody's going to write that story. Or, you know. it, that'll be a dead spin story by four. Um, <laughs> I, I just couldn't believe it. Like going back to going back yeah. to the football fan and the experience. If you're not, if you're just a football fan, you're not like a Bills or a Titans or an Eagles or a Vikings fan, and you're just on your couch and you like maybe took an edible or hit of your pen, and this comes up, that's going to ruin your fucking trip, man. Like the the, the ESPN production graphics got to get their shit under control before we have people with with just getting uh bad trips every monday night i feel like a lot of times the tv the people who make decisions in the tv business are off are like the same as the people who do branding for teams right so you have the new eagles word mark in the end zones that people were talking about and like especially in a, in a town like philly where if it ain't broke don't fix it like right nothing needs to be updated nothing since 1970 has needed to be updated right including all the infrastructure and all of the water mains and whatever. But uh, I feel like those people don't have enough to do. So they're like, well, what can I do? Well, let's change the word mark. This is our new brand. Mm -hmm. Who gives a fuck? It's letters. You know, who cares what it looks like? There's nothing wrong with the old word mark, whatever. It's the same with TV too, where they're like, how can we make this viewing experience blah, 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 better? Or like, let's do this like crazy graphics package. I'm willing to bet that. I'm willing Sorry. to bet, man, that that you I, I think most people would probably say, like, all I really need is like good camera technology, decent couple of people in the booth, and they show me the mm-hmm. game. I don't know if people care too much about that stuff. I think it's so bad. And when they first did it, it was so bad that now people just talk about it. And they're like, we can't like not do it because it's just easy engagement and, and it's gonna be everywhere. I mean, there yeah. there's a crazy one every single Monday night. Um, I think Sunday Night Football used to do it too. I don't know if they still do it, 
but I forget who was first. I made fun of it, and I realized that I made fun of a Sunday Night Football graphic when the Eagles were on, and I was like, who the fuck was in charge of this? It was yeah. actually a kid I grew up with who works at NBC Sports, uh. <laughs> made the graphic, and he tweeted at me. He's like, well, that was actually me. I was oh, like, whoops. Yeah, fuck. yeah. I, um, uh, Davis looks like uh, Emperor Palpatine in that uh, in the video. He's got yeah, I think he's up. doing the the Charlie uh, scene yeah. where he has the nose and he's huffing paint. But I guess they couldn't make Jordan Davis huff paint, so he's yeah. drinking fight milk instead. Yeah, it could from, be uh, could be kind of some stereotyping there. Yeah, I don't I don't really really know what the hell is going on with that. But hey, I get I'm never gonna poo poo creativity, man. I, I make up some of the dumbest shit ever and put it on the website. And like sometimes I'll put a post up and be like, I. I I get paid to do that. What is going on here? But um, I don't yeah, you know. get paid to fight little, with yeah. PA breweries. Yeah, yeah. How about that guy? By the way, I mean, oh. holy cow! Talk about yeah. missing the point. You know, <laughs> I was just trying to do. Well, in case anybody has no idea what I'm talking about, uh, Philly Brewing Co. in Kensington, the city destroyed their entire hop garden because they thought it was like weeds. They thought it was an empty lot. You know, so I guess they went out and. Uh, I don't know, lawn, lawn mowed it and weed whacked it and got the hedge trimmers out or whatever. And so they came back and said, holy shit, they destroyed the hop garden. We were just about to turn it into beer. And so I was like, let me do a stupid joke post here about how much I hate hoppy beer. You know, right. Most people got it. But the guy who runs the breweries in PA account was like really pissed off. He's like, Chad well, with two D's. Chad with two D's. He's like, well, you know, it's not funny to the brewery, which lost all this inventory and they're going to lose this money. I was like, chill, dude. It said in the Philadelphia Inquirer story that the city acknowledged that they screwed up. They're going to figure it out, compensate them or whatever, right? You know, pay them for the lost inventory. And if they don't, then how about this? I'll team up with Chad with two Ds and we'll do like a fundraiser for Philly. We'll do 5K. Brewery. A 5K. I'll race yeah. him in a foot race, you know, and the loser... <laughs> Has to donate anyone, more money than the other guy. I don't, you know. If anyone didn't see it, Chad with two D's, uh, just an ultimate craft beer bro. Obviously runs a website because so he loves yeah. craft beer, but he also craft likes running. Beer. For some reason, some reason craft beer and runners is like the greatest uh, Venn diagram, like meet in the middle for some yeah. reason. Yeah, everyone but just runner so, loves craft beer. Just so people are clear, Crossing Broad is an irreverent sports blog. Uh, you know, it's not the New York Times. So now that we've got gotten that all straightened out, we can. Uh, Move on, you know, but the offer stands. If if the city screws Philly Brewing Co. and they don't give them recompense for the destroyed hops, I'll start the GoFundMe myself. And Chad with two Ds is going to have to match my donation. So how about that? All right. Um, I'll, put, I'll, I'll start the GoFundMe and I'll put $250 into it, but he's got to match it if he cares about local breweries. If Jim right. Kenny helps out the brewery, is that his peak? No, he don't give a shit, man. He doesn't care about it. <laughs> He's fast as fuck. How many days do I have left here? <laughs> I got one more before we get out of here. Um, I didn't see it originally, but I know a lot of people quote tweeted after it was over. But the Kyle Brandt tweet um, about per source, it was really weird. It was like per source, uh, if the Vikings win tonight, watch Justin Jefferson at the post game press conference. What do you think it was going to be? It had to be something Rager related, right? Like he was going to bring Rager up or something like that. Like he was Chris Paul bringing up his child. Like there, like yeah. did he have, did, did, did Justin Jefferson have something planned for the post game? Were we getting a fucking circus? Like, yeah. um, it I was don't know, like, man. Yeah. It was so he gonna, weird. Was he going to muff a punt in uh solidarity with, with them or something? Seriously. I like was, yeah. Was he just going to go on like a Conor McGregor type rant? Like Jalen Rager, like, like, fuck yeah. you. Fuck the Eagles. Like, yeah. Or I, half I mean, baked or like half baked. Fuck you. Fuck you. You're cool. <laughs> you're cool. And fuck you. I'm out. Um, I don't know. That was curious. I think people were annoyed with Brandt because they were like, why is he tweeting this or whatever? But he didn't say when the Vikings win, you know? So yes, Jefferson, that's why they couldn't old take expose it. Yeah, the freezing cold takes guy saw that he came out and shared why he can't. Uh, I like how he comes out sometimes and like will respond to things and I'll be like, I've seen you tweeting me this. Please stop tweeting tweeting this at me. <laughs> or he'll explain why something does not qualify to be a freezing cold take, right? Um, I don't know. I you know, there's how many NFL reporters are there? Like seven thousand? Like surely somebody can get with Kyle Brandt. We'll call Ross Tucker, who was Kyle Brandt's college roommate. And we'll ask him to ask him what this was all about. And we'll call it journalism. Two media darlings rooming together back in the day. Um, not bad. That's a great story, isn't it? Here's So 
I guess everything was good for uh, between Rager and the organization, or maybe not because you can barely see it. But Martin Frank's picture of Howie Roseman and Jalen Rager shaking hands, oh. taking on his Motorola Razor, um, <laughs> just that is almost said here. Yeah, what do you think the conversation was like? I this looks like a a bad Picasso painting. Like this looks like Starry Night. I don't even know if that's Picasso. This looks like the screaming man. <laughs> I think that was Van Gogh, actually. Van Gogh. Yeah. yeah whatever. Yeah. Same. Um, difference. Yeah. What was said? Who knows? Who even knows if this is Howie Roseman? Yeah. Who even knows if this is Jalen Rager? <laughs> we will never know. This is this is as bad as the uh, Kevin. Um, uh, who's the guy who does baseball? Um, been doing it forever. The guy named Kevin who does baseball. Who does the Phillies reporting? Uh, Kevin, Con- not Connolly. I don't know, but he had like a deep fried tweet. This is up there with the with the with the Sam Carcitti, uh video showing uh, Claude Giroux walking back on his last game that just looked absolutely deep fried. This is I love when when media members sometimes get a hold of social media. Just yeah. listen, if you're yeah. a Phillies uh, an Eagles reporter out there, just let John Clark handle everything and just yeah. rip it from him and just give him yeah. credit. Because that's really yeah. the only guy yeah. who who knows how to like do it. Like what do did, it what did, um, I threw something up last week. How what did Howard get duped by? Oh, uh, he got he thought he thought Russell Wilson put like a 110 volt uh plug into his <laughs> into his hip. But yeah. you know what? So yeah. did Kyle Scott. So who's worse than that one? Yeah, I mean, he got an implant where he's got a he can plug a three prong into his hip and he can electrify his uh by the way, Howard having this thing for Russell Wilson is kind of interesting. Is he fucking hates Russell Wilson? This is the most random. Like I know he hates Ben Simmons. He thinks Joel Embiid's a pussy. And like, he likes, you know, no, he likes Ben Simmons now because Ben Simmons said sorry about your dog. Oh, okay, all right, right. Now he's just his brain was put into a. So blender. we're all good now. Yeah. So <laughs> five years of absolutely trashing him comes to an end. All he had to do is uh, say something about his pooch. But Russell Wilson is like the most random athlete to just hate. You know, I'm so always hateable. Said that he's shit, you know, he's so hateable though. Yeah, he's a loser. Did you see the? Did you, Let uh, Russ cook. Yeah. yeah. Did you see last week when he was like on the bench? He was like, "Come on, guys, tell him, pass a run, pass a run, get yeah. into it, get into it." He wanted like the guys who are like dressed in uh in in street clothes to be like yeah. pass or run, like some high school shit. I'm sure every. I'm sure every uh, a little cringe. She's a little cringe. Oh, so cringe. Yeah, Mr. I mean, unlimited. He shows winner. up. Super Bowl winner, but he's got a little a bit of uh, Mahomes' brother in him. Yeah, yeah he, <laughs> that's actually a pretty good comparison. He shows yeah. up in like his best prom suit on Monday Night Football last weekend and stuff. Then gets his doors blown off and has a terrible game by Gino, <laughs> by Gino Smith, who replaced him. Gino, um, turn him back the clock, man. Yeah, he got yeah. a fair shake with the Jets, six one zero, six three two. Gino Smith, <laughs> best night. quarterback in the two thousand and thirteen draft class. Mike Glennon, number two. Crazy. Ooh, ooh. Yeah. Not go back and look at the 2013 draft class. It's nothing to really write home about. I'll tell you that. Redoing the 2013 NFL draft coming up next on ooh. Crossing Broad. Yeah. Actually, you know what? Let's get a let's get a clip. The 2022 QB draft class. Where does Jalen Hurts rank? I'll give you the guys so far. Mm-hmm. Uh you got Tua, you got Joe Burrow, you got Justin Herbert, you got Jalen Hurts. I think those are the top four right now, but but Ooh. let me know what you think. Where does where does Jalen Hurts rank in the 2020 uh, QB NFL draft class? Oh, geez. That's a real question. Like, I got to answer it right now? Yes. Oh. I need a clip. I mean, Burrow's got to be number one just for what he did last year. I mean, uh, right? I mean for, from, for winning, but not like. Not for, not for anything he's done this year. I mean, Herbert's not, got a freaking cannon. Yeah. Two or three for six touchdowns the other day. I don't know. I think you listed him in order, didn't you? You think Jalen Hurts is still fourth? Do I think Jalen Hurts is still fourth? Yeah. I mean, if I got to look at the, you know, the entirety of their NFL career since they've been drafted, I mean, yeah, I guess. But it's it's not very far apart right now, you know. I guess I would say I, if I had to pick those guys like in order, I would take I would still take Burrow number one. I would take Herbert number two. I'd probably take Jalen Hurts before I take Tua. I would too. I, yeah. I would too. I'd probably number put one, Herbert number four. one, Joe Burrow number two, Jalen Hurts number three, Tua yeah. number four. I'm just a big Justin Herbert stand. He's yeah, he's amazing. I mean that that throw that he made 
after Bob, Bob Arm or whatever. Yeah. Literally um, couldn't run a, a yard for a first down because his ribs were like cracked. And yeah. then made a fourth down bullet pass 40 yards down the field uh, to the guy in stride, which is like we're just playing on different on different turfs, on different fields. Yeah. Yeah. No, nah, man, I, I I guess, you know, EJ's in the chat. He says Hertz is still fourth, but I wouldn't trade him for Tua. I don't know how to explain. No, it. I wouldn't either. I mean, I, yeah. I, when you look at it, though, I, I look at uh, I look at Jalen. He can do more than what Tua can do. I think Tua's arm strength sucks. I know Jalen's isn't the greatest, but I think it's better than yeah. Tua's. I think I would take uh, Jalen on the ground more, and I think I would just take J- Jalen between the ears, too. Tua, well, I mean, left-handed quarterbacks are just not fun to watch. Yeah. They are a gross-looking bunch. So next week, we're going to try to get uh, the guitar player from Cannibal Corpse to come on the show. <laughs> Freaking news. Yeah. He's a huge uh, Philadelphia Eagles fan, so we're always thinking outside the box here. When we're booking guests, we're looking for divorce lawyers. We're looking for death metal guitar players, you know, so we're trying to think outside the box the best we can here, and uh, we're going to try to try to get him on, you know. Um, not necessarily breaking news, but a minor thing. Uh, Dave's going to bring it up right now. Uh, ben Simmons is going to be on J.J. Reddick's podcast on Thursday, so we'll uh, – oh. Wow. We're gonna have a good wow. amount to write about on Thursday. That'll be wow. a must-watch. I'll tell you that. Um, well, I'm off, so Russ can do it. <laughs> I'll I'll be taking over the blog that day. Yeah. yeah. Um. Do you see he's back on his grind, Ben Simmons? He's back call on Twitch. Duty. Yeah. Call of yeah. Duty, man. He's getting ready for the new Modern Warfare Two coming out on October 26th. So I you got to get people. the uh, yeah yeah you got to get that. So Ben Simmons back on the grind. It's so um, weird to me. That world is so weird to me. Like the tr- streaming and the Twitch and whatever. Like, could you imagine like somebody like anybody would anybody 20 years ago have given a shit about watching us play like Mario Kart? Okay. So this is what I, I got to say this. Yeah. I missed out on a billion dollar opportunity because I should have invented Twitch because I was a weird kid and I just liked watching my friends play video games. I never loved playing really? video games. I just really? like watching people play video games. I don't know why. And we I were always I, trying to think of what we could do to get the controller from the other person so we could play. Yeah, I mean, don't know? get me wrong. I like to play Madden and everything. I like to play Mario Kart back in the day. But I, for some reason, I was always okay with watching friends play each other in Madden or play yeah. each other in Mario Kart. I don't know. I don't know why. But uh, yeah, I missed well, out on a billion-dollar opportunity. Ben Simmons on uh, JJ Reddick's podcast. I'm down. What do you think? You yeah. think anything? Well, well, we'll make something newsworthy. There's no doubt about it. But you think yeah. he addresses the whole Joel situation? I mean, he can't talk about the grievance. Um, maybe they talk about Brett Brown. That'll probably be interesting. I, I remember the whole Jimmy Butler stuff. Maybe. I mean, Brett's done some media now since you know he was fired, but he didn't talk about Ben. Simmons. He's a high road guy, and I'm pretty sure Wright's to Ricky Sanchez said they weren't gonna. Um, they did they agree to it, it beforehand? Yeah. I don't know if they made that. Did they make yeah. that stipulation? Yeah, they said it. They said they, which is, uh, uh, say what you want. I mean, I guess yeah, uh, you want to get them on. Sometimes you just do what you, you know, I mean. That's true. I mean, what's Brett really going to say? <laughs> like, he, he's yeah, a I hate guy. it. I hate his guts. He got me fired. You know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, a lot of stuff about Brett and him are out in the open. I mean, Brett was, Brett went to that one press conference at one time. I was like, I've told his agent. I've told his parents. I've told his parents. I've told his, his, his people around him that we need him to shoot. Like, what was it? Two and a half threes a game or something like that. And yeah. like basically calling him out saying he won't listen. So like that's his yeah. I mean, that's a quote right there. That's really all you need to know about the relationship between him and Brett Brown. But Fucked it'll be picture stuff. You know, like you were saying, I think over the weekend, like Doc Rivers liking a bunch of tranny porn, probably not even like top five, top ten no. sixers, you know. Not that there's anything wrong with that, by the way, but no, nothing wrong with being horny on the timeline. There's no. nothing wrong with being horny on the timeline. If he did it and he cop to it, I wouldn't care. You know. Yeah. It's a judgment. This is a judgment-free zone, like Planet Fitness. Yep, he's studying transition. We got to get better on transition next year. Next year. <laughs> All right. Well, that's the podcast. Uh, rate, <laughs> review, subscribe, uh, thumbs up on the video if you're watching on YouTube. Subscribe on YouTube. Subscribe on the podcast. Follow us on Crossing Broad on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. All that good yeah. stuff. Everybody. I hope you liked what you saw yesterday because I think there's going to be more, and I I think you can. Say what you want about Super aspirations. I think you could even put Jalen Hurts in the MVP conversation right now. Definitely Nick Sirianni in the Coach of the Year, uh, Coach of the Year talk. Um, enjoy it. Enjoy Victory Tuesday. Enjoy your day. We'll talk to you Thursday. Have a good one. <laughs>